0: You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Hey guys, Basel Gordon here, and I'm the victim. But like I told you guys, Monday and Tuesday, I be live at Paramount Theater with the rest of my Converge Media family. So check this out today. For once, I have more than one guest, all right? I have four guests. Uh, first guest that's going to be with me is KD Hall. I also have Marie from Friends of Waterfront. You guys already know I'm always down there. We also have George, who happens to be a STG board member. And we have my good sis, T-Dev, who happens to be an additional queen of Converge, just like myself. We're talking about all that and more, and you guys already know. Now I got to get some inspirations from my brown girls like me uh, right here on the Rewind with Face As we're live at the Paramount. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. Basic Gordon here. Of course, we are live at the Paramount Theater, which is so crazy for me. I never thought that I would be doing something like this. But you know, I always say a lot of interesting and great things always happen for you when you join a company like Converge Media. Um, My first guest is KD Hall. I actually met her um at the Emmys, but I really got to have a really good conversation with her at After the Emmys, I want to say the next day. We both cried. Hopefully we don't cry today because I still have an hour left in this show, but we will see what happens. Uh, Let's bring in my sis, Katie. Oh, thank you so much. And please, let's not cry. <laughs> no, no, I, I start. Look, yes. I told Deontay, who's going to be on the show tomorrow, I was like, I'm putting you last because you're not going to make me cry at the beginning of my show. OK, <laughs> um, so for starters, you are a this isn't something that I always hear a lot, but at least around here in Seattle, black woman, four time Emmy nominated producer. You have your own foundation. You do so many things. And honestly, I just want to start right here in terms of your foundation being called the K- hall foundation and you named it after yourself and there was a weird point in my life when I just didn't feel like why would I name something after myself why would I name something after myself but there's so many other things that are named after people they just don't always look like us what was your inspiration for your foundation and what gave you that courage to be like you know what I'm gonna name this after me
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. And you know what? I didn't even really think about it much. And I do get that a lot. People always say, "Hey, you to play like that's like a self-fulfilling prophecy." In some ways it is. And what's the issue with that? My daughter' name is Kate Keela Hall Jr. Um, and I hope that she has a daughter, and I hope that she names her Kate Keela Hall the third as well. And I hope it continues. The Katie Hall Foundation is not about me, but that was a rebirth for me as well. And I'm sure the more we get to know each other, and I love Converge. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm sure I'll be able to share more of my story. But for me, the foundation helped me as an adult um, be able to give back the debt that I felt like I had to fulfill to society. And so I felt like, why not call it the Katie Hall Foundation? Because eventually I want to be in a a position where we can give out serious funding to women and girls to be able to go after their goals. Now, I definitely want to know more about the foundation, but I
0: am curious to know what was that debt that you felt that you needed to feel like? What was that
1: moment? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was in college, I actually had another organization called Sisters of Success Mm -hmm. and I co-founded it. And the reason why we co-founded is at that time I was facing some pretty serious time in prison and I was a college student. I was a first generation um, college grad as well. So I didn't really have a blueprint. Per se, my blueprint was a different world, like straight up watching a different world. OK, cool. So I'm going to go to college. I'm going to do this. I had all the social stuff down. I had all of the um, I, I was a decent student, but I knew that I had to be able to break certain generational, you know, curses in some ways. And the way I was going to do that was via education. Wow. And that was my vehicle. And at the end of me about to graduate from college, that's when I was facing prison time. And at that point, I really didn't know what my next steps were. But I had a few good people that stayed by me throughout that whole duration of that time. And I remember telling my counselor in particular, I love counselors, by the way. So, hey, nothing wrong with it. I keep a counselor on deck. Normally, (laughs) I'm working with Ashley now to try to get a new one. (laughs) But I told my counselor then I said, you know, regardless, because at that point, they weren't sure what that prison time for me was going to look like. And I remember telling her, regardless if I'm in prison or not, I'm going to have to pivot what I'm going to do, but I'm still going to get this organization back started up. It might start with a book first, because I was thinking if I'm going to be away for five years, because at that point we knew the 30 wasn't going to be the case, I'm going to be productive. And so the foundation was already written all the way back in 2007.
0: You know, it's, it's interesting that you say you were able to create all of that after coming out of prison. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people go in and out of that prison pipeline. Yeah. And do you feel that you were able to pick that up because it was something that you wanted to do rather than people trying mm-hmm. to force you to do it to kind of like change
1: who you were to where you wouldn't go yeah. back? Yeah. And I've never been in prison. I was facing 30 years in prison. Gotcha. Um, and I just want to just correct that because I know it's, it's, we got so many great leaders that spent time in prison and they came out and did things. And that wasn't my story. But what, what it is, my story is my stories I do have a felony and what I will say is that that is it's a very difficult hurdle that you have to get over and so part I was always honest and I never you know I told employers hey this is what it is some people slammed slam the door in my face even with contracts have being a business owner but I had to find my place of, op- of being authentic and I felt like for me that was being able to ensure that people within the education system at least that they were going to get their opportunities I have many family members that spent serious time in prison and for me even before that I was always doing this type of work I made a mistake yeah. I made a mistake like many people do I had to pay for college you know and i did have both parents helping to pay for college too it wasn't enough college is expensive <laughs> yes channel. it wasn't enough and you know so i guess when i really think about the work we do today it was what i needed it was what i needed when i was in college it was what i needed when i was in high school and that's why i make time for it
0: wow you know and and i I think that also brings us back to your foundation. Like you have Girls on the Rise. That literally, I wanna say, sign up starts this Thursday, right? Yes, does. Can you Yes. tell us a little bit about Girls on the Rise? What came about it? Like how, how that really started? Like that's something where I always tell people growing up, you know, I went to Boys and Girls Club. I built my first computer when I was in fifth grade. Like my aunt, she taught me Photoshop when I was in fourth grade. So it's like a lot of the things that I know how to do now in my thirties things that I probably wouldn't have known or at least been as interested in if I didn't learn when I was like seven and all the way up to about 13 years old. So what made you start that? And you know, when people join,
1: what comes out of it? I Thank you so much. I love Girls on the Rise. <laughs> that, that makes me jump out of the bed in the morning. Not only do I have two daughters, but truly, I, I thought both of my daughters were boys. I knew I was going to be a boy mom. I had no idea. And I'm like, OK, God, you got jokes. OK. <laughs> you don't give me daughters? Really? <laughs> and so with that, like truly, it was them. And then yeah. it wasn't just them anymore. It was about other girls that were like them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, based on like I thought about my career, too. I thought about like all the hurdles I had and some of the most basic things that I had to go through in college first time being around, I grew up in Detroit and we were 98% black, my high school was. And so by the time I went to college, it was predominantly white school. And I thought about, okay, how do I get people, these girls to really be able to work not only with their own sisters, but also girls period across across the board, because at the end of the day, when we're in a workplace, we can get over all that other BS and get straight down to work, right?
0: And it makes an easier workplace. Like when you're able to bounce ideas off of each other and there's no competition and you actually like each other and you can vibe with each other. It's just a whole different situation.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's that's pretty much the reason why we started Girls on the Rise. And we purposely kept it open to being statewide and we kept it open to all girls being able to join it because we want to make sure that we're able to break down some of those basic barriers so that when we're in a workplace, we can be able to actually get our work done.
0: Now, what are some of the jobs that you like help them get? Because I see that there's like paid position, there's like leadership, like what comes with some of that? Everything's
1: paid, because when I think back to when I was in college, I don't know what it was like for you. I dropped out as expensive. I'm not even going to hold you It's expensive, right? (laughs) Right. It's it's very expensive. But my internships weren't paid. They weren't paid. Right. And we were putting in like 30, 35 hours a week and they weren't paid. So we pay everybody. We don't ask anybody for anything. We do have volunteers that come in too, which are very much needed. But for our actual girls, we pay them. And the reason why we pay them, because we want them to understand the value of their time and the value of a dollar. And when I think back to what got me in trouble, You know what I mean? It has something to do with that. And so I want to make sure that that's my part. That's what Kila's giving back to society.
0: And you know what's so crazy It's like I know with me Love my parents to death They're probably mm-hmm. washing So no
1: shade <laughs> to y'all On this
0: one But Love your parents I definitely didn't have A lot of structure In terms of what to do With money And how to deal with money And so I think something Like what you're doing For these girls At their age is gonna like Really set them up For success Set them up for success So that way they can Also break those Generational curses Because I already know Somebody back 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 in the day Jacked up the money And I'm over here you're paying for it now trying to figure it out to this day real quick i really want to ask you and this is something that i'm always wondering about um what do you say when it comes to finding who kd is embracing your power especially as a black woman that has to take up space in a room yeah. how did you figure that out and what advice do you have to that next little girl that's just is like you know what i just don't know what to do i'm yeah. gonna just stand in the corner
1: No, I feel that straight up. And keep in mind, I have three older sisters, so I'm fourth generation. So I had three strong black women in front of me and they could fight too, like in every area. So some of the things that I learned is like, you got to be who you are and you got to bring your special juice to the table. And the things that I got made fun of when I was younger are the things I make money off of today. And so I know that's right. It's real. You know, those those little things about yourself that are kind of quirky or different, you know, find ways of monetizing that and be OK with that. And there's nothing wrong with us monetizing our gifts and our talents. And we at all find that 10 to 15 or 20 or 25 percent that we give away. And for me, I give that away in the foundation. I, I That's where I give my time for free. But we got to monetize our gifts. We really do, because it is important to leave generational wealth. Not just financial wealth, but it's important to use to leave generational wealth no matter how we're giving it and doing it. But we're, we're our kids are going to be in a different world. And if we don't leave them with resources. You know, we could see things happening all over again. We could see a repeat of slavery. And I just don't want that for my girls or any girls that's in our programs.
0: And we're already kind of entering a new world, messing around with this metaverse. Let's be honest, (laughs) y'all. So real (laughs) quick, before we get ready to head out, you know, I would love to know um, one thing that you would say to seven year old Katie. Oh, man.
1: When I was seven, that was when I first experienced death, close, up close and personal. So what I would say to her, that seven year old girl that was crying and I was afraid and I was thinking like, okay, which one of me and my siblings are going to die first? What I would tell that little girl is these experiences, they might end up being films later on. So it's cool. Like wrap those experiences up, put them away somewhere, but continue to move forward. Don't don't chump, Don't chump up when you're in those different situations where you can shine. And don't be afraid to also give other people opportunity and spaces to shine too. And that's what I would tell her.
0: I love that. I feel like talking to that little girl is so important because that's the one that was like, I don't know what to do. And now you're like, (laughs) girl, you see what we went through? Look at us now. We all right. (laughs) Real quick, head on over to that camera right there. I should say look on over at that camera right there and let everyone know how they can get involved with KD Hall and all of her Amazingness.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Um, thank you, Converge. Sincerely, thank you, Omari. Thank you, Besa. Uh, everyone, like sincerely. And in order to get involved with Katie Haw Foundation, it's simple. Go to our website. It's kdhawfoundation.org. As Bessa said, we are gearing up for our 2023 Girls on the Rise. And we need you, regardless if you're a mother, father, grandmother, a young person. We pay all of our young people um, to be able to really advance themselves and others thank you so much for this opportunity
0: thank you for coming i know it was like a tight squeeze i was like we're gonna
1: find you we're gonna find a spot. okay we can put you first this is gonna happen all right
0: you guys look we still have some more coming up next right here on rewind with Besa. we are gonna go to a quick commercial break I, wanna, I think I see my girl, Marie. Y'all know I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> These glasses are not prescription, y'all. Um, <laughs> coming up next, I have my good sis Marie from Friends of Waterfront coming up. So of course, we're gonna go to a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we will still be here live right at the Paramount Theater.
2: Within sports, you learn so many life lessons that'll help you be successful in any area that you plan to pursue. So I remember being a kid in Spokane and going to camps like this with my friends and just having a blast. And that's really when I fell in love with this game. Hopefully, we're doing the same and inspiring some of these kids to keep going on this journey.
3: Especially as a girl growing up, like you see you see a lot of boys at these camps, but like just seeing like more and more girls start at a younger age, it, it makes me happy.
4: We had to have
0: funding, right? We cannot do this work without the necessary resources available so that our kids can thrive. Without resources, we can't see kids play and play to their potential.
3: How we can ensure that basketball in our communities is sustainable. Funding is a big part of it. I think working with the right groups. And this was the opportunity, I think, that kick-started that. And we're really excited about any opportunities to just keep moving it forward.
2: It was just an awesome opportunity to show what this community can do and what basketball energy they can bring. Being able to work with the Seattle Sports Commission, work with the King County Play Equity Coalition, uh, we were able to bring big basketball energy to Tequila Community Center, and hopefully use this as a launching point and able to get more funding for them in the future.
4: The kids get to see me, get to see you know all the rest of the guys who did it all in the area of
2: Washington, Seattle area. So being able to give back to them and uh, let them know that you know they can chase their dreams too. This is a fundamental right of all kids that they have the right to play, which isn't always available to all of our kids in our communities.
4: We got next to ensure kids always have a place to play, compete, and have fun.
1: COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. Federal funding
2: details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's Washington H A F dot O R G.
0: Hey guys, we are still here. You are watching Rewind with Besa in a very special location. All right. I came out of the studio from iHeart to come all the way over to the Paramount Theater, like dude i walked up here and almost cried because i saw my little name on the marquee and i was like well this is different (laughs) 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 this is like such a dope moment And of course i definitely have to thank converge for making this happen for me and also another thing that uh converge made happen for me was my partnership with friends of waterfront so you know i had
2: to hit up my girl marie uh marie how are you thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Excuse me, I'm a little congested, but I couldn't miss this opportunity and I was really honored by your invitation, so thank you.
0: I'm honored that you came. I know it was like a really random text, but I was like, you know what? (laughs) Marie is someone that I just feel like You're a lot like me where like you're always trying to put things together, trying to bring people together. But yeah, people are always like, well, what do you really do? You know (laughs) what I mean? It's like, how do you do all of this? So I definitely want to bring you in to not only talk about that, but there was... I've seen an interview of yours where you were talking about African-Americans and Africans coming together yes. and being more so as one. Yes. So I kind of wanted to start this out there and sure. then move into Friends of Waterfront. Sure. And, you know, for me, I went to Cleveland High School. Um I went to Franklin for one year and then I ended up going to Cleveland for the last three years. And there was literally a divide between the Africans and African-Americans. Like we would sit at different tables. It was like one, you know, Africans were on one side, African-Americans were on the other side and it really didn't matter where you were from. Like we just, it was just an automatic divide. If people were praying in the bathroom, it was almost as if there was no respect for what Mm. they were doing. But Mm. I feel like now that's changing. It doesn't Mm. feel like that anymore, especially when I go to events like, friends of waterfront Mm. or even my mixers i look out and i'm just like i don't typically see you know africans from either out of the country or out of town mixed Mm -hmm. in with african-americans that are from the city like this it's Mm. different but it's a beautiful thing yes what do you think is creating this change Mm.
2: this is a really important topic um so first a little background um i am first generation born. So my parents are both Ugandan and um, came here in the 70s when there weren't very many Africans at all. Um, And that's a topic for a whole another day. Um, But I will say, you know, it's been an interesting dynamic. I always tell people like I'm the absolute definition of African-American. Um, and I take that with great pride. Um, and I've always felt like that was, you know, a blessing that I needed to maximize. Um, I have a lot of Black American friends, multi-generational Black American friends where I was literally their first African friend. Um, and so, you know, going up, growing up, you know, in the Central District, going to school, um, all the Central District schools, you know, that was a, a really interesting dynamic. And early on, it was always, you know, that, that divide that you spoke about, but I always felt like it was important for people to really kind of hone into the importance of the connection. Um, I don't know if you know the Arunga family, Marsha Arunga, Ebony, um, but Marsha wrote this amazing children's book called The Stolen Ones. And I really think it has a lot to do with the understanding of like distant cousins, if you will, um, really knowing the story Uh, on both ends, not just on the Black American end, but also on the African end. Um, because a lot of Africans aren't educated on, you know, the experience of enslavement and, you know, being stolen from the continent, even being sold by other Africans to be brought here against their will. And so when you start to really bridge that gap of understanding and really maximizing the potential of the power that comes within the Black diaspora, um, I feel like that's been the gift that God has given me. And I center a lot of what I do around that. So I'm very I feel very grateful to have, you know, the opportunity now at almost 50, which is crazy to think about. Like I'm what? 47. Hold um, up. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> <y'all>. Black <laughs> really don't cry. <laughs> if you take care of it, it doesn't, um, you know, <laughs> but really seeing like, you know, the, the collective joining of the diaspora. So seeing like Solomon with the Vol and, you know, um, Boom Boona and like all these Ephraim, like all these amazing, um, African owned businesses that have a connection to their Black American cousins. Um, and the more we center in on that, um, and the understanding that we're really more powerful as one, I feel like that's the thing that I'm happy about. Like, you know, Simon from One Vibe and a lot of like the 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 work that they're doing is really centered on really creating that connection. So it's nice to see now later on in life that happen. And I mean, even Omari can speak to it. You know, he spent a big portion of his time in media on the continent. And there's a love that Africans have for black Americans. And I feel like for black Americans as Africans as well, Um, we let media... And other people divide us and, you know, our power and our strength is in numbers. And so the more we can galvanize that, the stronger we can be as a people.
0: Oh, I absolutely agree, because I know for me personally, I had to literally go outside of what everyone in my family would from time to time say, at least when I was growing up to where now as an adult, I'm going to Red Lounge. Absolutely, okay. Absolutely. I'm hanging out with my buddy DJ absolutely. Nero. Like we're homies now, absolutely. Out with the Soya, you know. Like, Shout I'm out to out Red with all the people that do all the fire parties that right. are quote unquote african parties but to me they're just turn-ups right right it's and i mean people that look like me having an amazing time exactly great
2: energy exactly exactly like i highly encourage people to take the journey you know you, white people have been coming to the continent forever you know from colonization and beyond like that is the vacation if you will um, but i highly encourage black americans to You know, go and see for yourself experience. Um, It'll change your life, you know, and it'll really open a perspective of connection. And so, you know, if you ever want to (laughs) come, I want to call her at me. I want to come. I have a passport. I want to (laughs) come. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Let's go. Okay, the way that I ended up meeting you was when Converge started doing events at Friends of Waterfront. Yes. Year 62. Yes. And my first event that I did was the block party. Yes. And now we also work together on my mixers. Yes. And I've come to some of your other events. Absolutely. I would love to know how you ended up at
2: Pierce.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, it's so interesting because White King was like, how long have you been here? And I, it had already been a year. It was like, you've been here for a year and now I'm coming into my third year. Um, so... Um, long story short, I grew up on the waterfront a lot. Um, my first job at Garfield actually as a freshman, um, I worked at McDonald's at on Coleman Dock. Um, so I've always loved the waterfront. Um, my mom Took us to Ivers back in the day, you know, that was like our celebratory place to go.
0: You know, all black people like that. (laughs) Well, now it's
2: like the Crab Shack or something like that. But yeah, yeah, back in the day, it was Ivers. And so um, I've always been a big lover of water. You know, we live in a city where we're surrounded by water. And so um, for me to be that close was really powerful. So fast forward, early 2000s, yes, I did, you know, the concerts, Summer Nights at the Pier, you know, Erica Badu, Patty LaBelle, like all those amazing concerts. Um, and so when I had the opportunity in early 2020, after all the things started to happen, you know, COVID, civil unrest, I was laid off. Um, I actually heard about it through another organization that I was applying for and someone felt like um, my skill set would be better suited and so um, I was subcontracting under the Vivian Phillips who was curating um, the artist in residency program um, for Friends of Waterfront in Seattle shout out to Takiya, who was our inaugural artist in residence um, and she brought me in to do some research for her and I low-key like let her know like Miss Viv like I want this job. I want to I want to do community engagement for the waterfront and nobody knows about it. Um, And so, you know, applied, was hired um, and just went to work, you know, quietly starting to try to figure out why nobody had heard about it. Um, Because honestly, I had no idea. And I felt like as someone out in community. If I don't know there must be a lot of people who don't know this is happening. And so that's been my mission, my team's mission, you know, my colleagues mission, um, in particular, for the last two and a half years, you know, it's been a great privilege to serve as senior community engagement manager, I'm really just trying to figure out the best ways to make people aware, like there's this 26, 20 acre waterfront park being built um, adjacent to all of my favorite places, CID, Cap Hill, Central District, Belltown. Um, And I want most importantly, Seattleites to know whether they're transplants moving here or living here now, or, you know, already born here, multi-generational, because um, this is a park for them. You know, people always say, you know, if you build it, they will come, but I don't really believe in that. Um, I think without making sure people know about what's happening and really including them and in getting their buy-in, um, they can go somewhere else. There's water all over. There. Right. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a journey, but I'm, I'm grateful to still be in the room.
0: So one event that we recently did that I truly loved was Peer Sounds. Yay. And I enjoyed it because in that moment, I was able to really appreciate the different kinds of music that we have here in Seattle. Yes. And in particular, the P&W. And right. I was like really just... Man, we don't have one sound. No, not, not at all. Not that I want us to, but it took that moment to hear all those different acts and then also for Shayna Shepard to close it out, for me to be like, dang, a lot of our artists really do have like four or five different genres yes. rather than being like, oh, I have to be r and B, I right. I have to be hip hop. It's right. like, I can be whatever my vocals allow me to be.
2: Exactly, exactly. I mean, and and you lend to a really good point. Like, look at Aaron Jones, and like, there are so many different sounds that are cultivated in this community. And I, I feel again that has a lot to do with how connected our cores are, um, and our corridor and the music that like blended over from the different ethnicities that Seattle's so diverse to have. Um, shout out to Kelly also at Friends for curating Peer sounds. Um, we've been able. You know, I'm fortunate to work with everyone From like Devon Lewis and Earshot Jazz For Pierce Sounds To the Black Tones um, You know, that Fly Moon Royalty You know, oh, Reconnect That was, that was lovely um, that was And you know, even like Black Constellation Larry and you know, all of them guys Ish and everyone And so um, Seattle's awesome You know, our, our music is just as diverse as, as our communities And I don't feel as if, you know We get the shine we deserve Um, Especially people of color making music, especially black people making music here. A lot of them have had to leave to get what they deserve in regards to cred. Um, But yeah, I hope that people keep plugging in. If you know any great artists you think should be displayed for pure Sounds, please let us know.
0: Could you let them know where they can contact you? Because I'm pretty sure that um, yeah. there are a lot of artists that are like, man, I would have loved to have had that opportunity. Right. Like, that audience was huge. Yes. It was so vast. Like, yes. where could people reach out to yourself or uh, Pier 62 to yes. be a part of your upcoming event?
2: <laughs> okay. So, if you want to know anything about what's going on at the waterfront, um, in particular regarding the programming, um, please check out waterfrontparkseattle.org. Again, waterfrontparkseattle.org you can get all the latest and greatest information about the project um, about the programming that's going on Um, if you're looking to learn more about even being like a vendor we want to hear from you Um, if you want to learn more about um, how you me you can be connected community uh, marie at waterfrontparkseattle.org
0: and before I let you go, I gotta ask you this question: <laughs> Okay, when did Marie fully embrace who she was as a black woman and the power that comes with it?
2: Ooh, we really—that's the last question. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I didn't say it was gonna be an easy one. It's just the last um,
2: question. <laughs> it's an evolution every day, right? Every day I am embracing the new things that God is showing me. Every day I'm taking a moment to really think about, you know, what it is that I am now. Um, and where it is that I want to go. I'm very fortunate to have some amazing mentors in my life um, and a really solid Leo mom, um, Leo African mom, um, who don't play no games. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm I'm fortunate. I'm inspired by, you know, young black women like you and, you know, like the beautiful folks in the audience. Um, and I, and I feel like as I get older, I really just center on like, I'm going to show up who I am as I am. You're going to accept it or you're not. Um, And I'm going to do my best to do that in the most loving and kind way as possible, but with intention. And I hope that it's received. um, And that's how I move and groove.
0: I know that's right. Come on, move and
2: groove. (laughs) Well, you guys,
0: I want to thank you, Marie. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much Pleasure to have you here. I definitely can't wait to do more interviews and get to know more about you and your story. My pleasure. Um, Up next, you. As we have two more interviews for you, Uh, we have our STG rep of the day coming up next. His name is George and he's actually on the STG board. Okay, we're going to get to know him a little bit better coming up next right here on Rewind with Faysa as we are still live at the Paramount. All right, welcome back. Oh, that's a mic change. I know that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Bainsa Gordon here. You're still watching Rewind with Bainsa. We are still live at the Paramount. And yes, I did say live, y'all. Y'all know I don't do live, but I'm kind of enjoying (laughs) this. All right, after my jitters were gone, it's it's okay. So right now we have my STG rep of the day. His name is George northcroft i just asked him to make sure i set that right in you got it right. i was right. You got okay. it right i want to
4: welcome george to the show how are you doing i'm doing great i'm glad to be here and welcome back thank you to the paramount theater we're <laughs> so you. excited that converge is here and i want to give our shout out to shamari when we had him here the first time doing the chop and everything else. Keep on speaking peace, peace uh, truth to power and making sure African-Americans have a seat at the table. Thank you. I know that's right.
0: <laughs>
4: because sometimes we have to give each other that seat
0: at the table. Uh, absolutely. Sometimes we have to build the table for each other. If we yeah. already have the tools to do it, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it isn't always given to us, but it isn't always handed to us that's as true. easy. That's um, Speaking of that, you are a board member yeah. here at STG. Yes. For someone like myself that isn't 1000% sure what that means, what does that mean?
4: Well, the, the board of directors, we have the responsi- fi- financial responsibility to make sure that the Seattle Theater is financially sound. For those of you who don't know it. Uh, the Paramount Theater was in disrepair many, many years ago. Uh, an ex-executive by the name of Ida Cole uh, invested money that she made from Microsoft to bring Paramount to the position that it is today. And with that, she coined the phrase the People's Theater. And so our responsibility as a board member is to continue that legacy, to keep the theater alive and prosperous, but also to make sure it is truly the people's theater. And when we say the people's theater here, everyone is welcome and everyone is represented. And that's why we're so excited to have Converge here. We also work with the leadership team to support their efforts to move the agenda forward and also to keep us financially sound. And then be forward-thinking so that we're ahead of the game when new things happen in the performance and arts arena.
0: I love that. So, you know, since we're saying that this is the People's Theater, Mm -hmm. because it is, you know, I was here for Issa Rae. Mm -hmm. I was also here for uh, Giveon and a couple other concerts. And those were a couple moments where I've seen the most... Black people of just all shades here at one time. And you know, I'm come, I come here for like all of the, you know, the plays, the musicals, Mm -hmm. and usually I'm like, you know, a little sprinkle of pepper up in here. What more do we have coming up for people of color to feel? And I don't even want to say feel comfortable. I think more so the question is what events are coming up for us to be like, yeah, I I feel like I belong there. Because I know with something like Hairspray, a lot of people were like, oh, I don't belong there. But I went and I enjoyed it.
4: Mm -hmm. Well, uh, pretty soon Dance Theater of Harlem is one of them. These are facts. But the thing I really want to emphasize is the things that we do within the education and community engagement. And it's a lot of events that people don't know about. We have an event uh, called More Music at, at the Moor. And that's when we reach out to youth, because to me, the future is the youth. And they are uh, are instructed by world-renowned uh, musicians who come in, uh, team up with them, and then they have a performance at the Moore Theater we also uh sponsor early camp we also sponsor ELE camp we're in our ninth year with early camp there's only 10 of those events uh attend such early camps throughout the united states the purpose of that is to attract 11 to 14 year olds get them accustomed with the arts have them do life uh affirmations this all started through Alvin Ailey Camp and the Ailey Dance Theater. They come here every year, but those 11 to 14 year olds go through a six year, 6 week training program during the summer and it's free. And we can have up to 90 such students. What they do is they learn all the arts. They learn uh, dancing. They learn graphic arts. They learn drum, how to how to play drums. But we also are connected with the high schools that they go to, because what we're teaching them is life skills. So they have career counselors there with them. And at the end of that six weeks, they perform on the stage at the Moore Theater. We've been at this for several years now. And what I'm delighted about is some of those youth who are in the program when it first started are now back on our staff. They are also back as advisors. So we have a ton of things like that. So anytime you see events like More Music at the Moor, um, uh, uh, Dance This, things along those lines that connect with the youth, that's where the excitement is. And we do a lot of that here. We do it at the Moor and also uh, at the Neptune Theater. One other thing that we've done during the pandemic we uh, started a community advisory group, and in that community advisory group, we have folks from the BIPOC community, the LBTQ plus community, folks from sensory sensitive uh, individuals, folks with disabilities. They are providing advice and counsel to share with us the type of performances they want to see at our theaters. So uh, stay tuned. You'll see more things like that. And we also provide that insight to the Broadway plays that come here. I hope I've answered your question.
0: No, you have. And here's the thing. I think it's kind of a lot, like you said, a lot of times people just don't know. Right. So I'm very happy to have you on my show to be able to put that out there mm-hmm. so people can know what's coming up and right. also what they can get their kids involved in. I think the, the biggest things that I've ever promoted for STG are things in, in terms of kids where parents are like, dang. I wish I knew about that right. sooner or dang, I wish or even kids are like, man, I wish I could have signed up for that. So I'm so happy yeah. that, you know, we're talking about this now so that way we can get that out sooner than later.
4: One way you can do that, if you just go on STG Presents, you'll see all of the programs listed under STG Presents. But also, if you uh, don't do that, just give me a call. I'm at 425-647-3082. That's George Northcroft at 425-647-3082. That is my cell phone number. And my email address is gnorthcloud at msn.com. That's gnorthcloud at msn.com. And you can, if you just want to talk in the middle of the night because you're not feeling good, give me a call. I'm crazy. But I'm crazy for the black community to give outreach because too many times individuals get into various situations. You know, I, I happen to have been just elected as vice president. I want you to have access to me so I can represent you so we can bring things that are important to the black community. But it's not just the black community, it's all communities.
0: Come on. Look, if you guys missed the number, rewind it. It's there, okay? 425-647-3082. <laughs>
4: there is and if, no excuse. And if my wife answers and you're a young lady, don't worry about it. She knows I give out my number. She's as committed as I am. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And her name is Gloria. Hey, Gloria. How you doing? <laughs> I love her to death.
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay, last question before yeah. we... um. Before I let you go. What would you say to your seven-year-old self?
4: What would I say to my seven-year-old self? Uh, life has been, I've been blessed. I've been blessed because of those who went before me. I've been blessed because of my parents and my grandmother who made many, many sacrifices for me to be where I am. I'm blessed to have a 16-year-old uh, grandson, a 12-year-old grandson, an 8-year-old grandson, a 51-year-old daughter, and a 47-year-old uh, 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 son. I'm 77 years old. God has blessed me well. All I'm here to do is to open up doors for those like yourself so you don't have to go through some of the trials and tribulations that I went to. And I'm from New York, born and raised in Harlem. And I know sometimes, and I moved to the Northwest in 1981 and I'm very, very aware of the passive aggressives that live in this area. Call me, I'll tell you like it is. And if I can open up a door for you, I will. If I can't, I'm not gonna waste your time and as some people do and waste your time. But I wanna be part of the solution because many went before us to be where we are. That's my my son is named after Martin Luther King. His name is Martin Malik after Martin Luther King and after Malcolm X and my daughter is Dara Denise, which means beautiful princess. So we give back and that's why I'm here. And God bless all of you. And Omari Thank you so much. And Bessa, thank you for having me. Thank you.
0: Oh, my goodness. And thank you for helping to be a part of the solution, you guys. Look, we are going to let George go. And if he stays, I'm definitely going to ask him some more questions after this. But up next, I got Queen of Converge herself, our art queen. Takia T-Dub Ward is in the building. You guys already know we got to talk art and so much more right here coming up next on Rewind with Basa as we are still live at the Paramount. Ooh, child, Try not to show too much over here. Hold on. Um, Bassa Gordon here. We are still obviously live at the Paramount. Um, right now I have... The art queen of Converge herself
3: here, T-Dub. How What's you doing? doing sis? On? What's going on, So You're doing such an amazing job. Thank you.
0: This is, you. <laughs> Happy this to be is here. weird, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to it. You're doing good. You're
3: doing good.
0: <laughs> um, first of all, this is my first time ever actually sitting down in a situ- like a space like this with T-Dub. So right. definitely have some questions. Oh, yeah. And one of them is, you know, being an artist creating so many murals like you know black lives matter you know i seen your mural over at um the state hotel yeah you've done so many dope pieces of art what could possibly be something that you want to do next
3: um i think where Oh, for a piece? Ooh, I mean, the bigger, the better for me. I always like to um, think about the landscape and the setting that my art exists in and trying to uh, impact it in the biggest way that I can. Obviously, the Black Lives Matter mural was a huge impact on Capitol Hill, um, which is why it's a landmark and, and still there to this day. Um, you know, being able to say something with your chest and say it big and say it loud, I think is the most important thing for me. So the bigger the canvas, the better.
0: Speaking of the Black Lives Matter mural, for those that don't know, what was your part in creating that masterpiece?
3: Yeah, So I actually curated the artists um, that are responsible for the art within the individual letters. Myself and my homeboy, Joey Nix, came up with the idea, you know, after the George Floyd uh, murder and all the protests and the chop chats that was happening on Capitol Hill. um, We saw an opportunity to make a statement and we just went out and did it.
0: I love it. And, you know, sometimes I think that we, and I know I, I don't even have to speak for anybody else. I overthink things too oh, much. Oh, yeah. Me so, too. <laughs> Me too. Um, I totally feel you when you're like, look, we've seen it and it needed to be done and we just did it. Yes. You know, and now it's not going anywhere. If anything, right. you might touch it up from time to time. Mm-hmm. But that is like literally a landmark that's been seen
3: all around the world. Yeah.
0: I'm curious to know what sparked that interest in creating art?
3: Um, I. I have been a creative pretty much my entire life. Um, I can recall being a kid. My mom used to always talk about how I would walk when I first started walking. I walked on my tippy toes, and so she put me in dance classes at a very young age. So ballet and tap were like what my first loves when it came to art and creativity. Um, I was always drawing and painting as a child. Um, I remember the first easel that I owned, and I would just you know be throwing paint in the wall, not really doing it doing much, but I was always creating something in some way, shape, or form yeah you know a little 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 young masterpiece um but yeah um creativity has always been something that's been a part of my life uh growing up in seattle it's a very artistic you know area um the environment the setting the nature everything's to me sort of informs creativity um and i think that's what you know i was i was put on this earth to do is to be a creative um I call myself an artist every once in a while, but I think creativity is a much more you know, broader scope and a much more um, accurate depiction of what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to accomplish. It's not just about painting, it's not just about curation, it's about everything, it's about creativity, period.
0: Now, speaking of creativity, when you and I, I mean, obviously we met a little bit before we went to Belize, but yep. we actually met, met in Belize. I yes. think I really met everybody, honestly, in Belize. Yeah, like, that was It's one thing to like see people in and out of the studio, but we were together for nine days, okay? Yeah. We became a lot closer. In a foreign country. <laughs>
3: yeah, it was
0: a big deal. And it was my first time out of the country, so you guys <laughs> know that was a sh- moment for me. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you did down there was start your show, Art of the Matter. Yes. And you ended up doing a clip and I had the amazing opportunity of kind of being a part of it and, you know, trying the different drinks and seeing the art and learning yeah. about different cultures. Um, I want to play that clip. It's about mm-hmm. one minute. Do we have that clip, y'all? All right, we're going to play that clip real quick and then we're going to come back and talk about it.
2: That was Earth now. Yeah. yeah. So I speak Afrikaan. I work with my mother at the farm. Dig up cassava, plant the cassava, chop the farm, clean up the farm, and everything like that. But I'm still painting, you know. Yeah. In, the, in the morning I go to the farm, and by the time 10 o'clock I'll be back home every day, every day. Every. Sunday, Monday, every day. You see, the art the art passes through my, my veins and my blood and everything, and I feel like yeah, it's, it's it's got to come out. It's got to come out. It's got to come out. But I'll just my life.
0: I'll just my life. What says the first thing I thought about was drinking. What did they give us? Was it
3: rum? It was wine. It was <laughs> that wine was that wine was nice. We
0: left floating.
3: Oh yeah, they got the job good. done.
0: <laughs> But um, tell me about that day, creating that, I don't know, was that your first episode?
3: So that was actually, so that was a clip from the episode four with Mr. Pen Cayetano. He is the artist when it comes to Belize and, to, and when it comes to art. I'm um, super honored to have the opportunity to sit down and talk to him um, at his studio, you know, down there in D'Angriga. Um, but yeah, so that was, the, that was the fourth episode that we actually filmed. Um, we did two episodes in Belize. Mm-hmm. The first one was with Kevin Morales, who was in, incredible artist um, out of Bella Vista. Um, so that was actually episode four that we shot with Mr. Pinqueitano. And yeah, having the whole crew there, we got to do some drumming moments, we chat did. with him and learn about all of the different um, plants and, and, and horticultural things that they're doing too. So it's like prime example of it's not just art, it's creativity. Yeah. You know, his compound, you know, he was building, you know, on it as well, you know, sort of see the gallery spaces that they had, to see the music spaces and the art spaces, as well as the nature and, and growing things and, and you know being a part of life and creativity like he's a prime example of what I'm trying to do
0: you know with art of the matter you have so many episodes to where you're also doing artists you should know right yes what has been your most rewarding moment highlighting different people that you've either worked with or looked up to
3: um Deontay asked me this question, too, and honestly, every episode, all 13 are my favorites. Um, I think some of the most important ones, um, just to answer your question, probably the one that I did on my best friend, Brianna. Um, she's kind of new to the art game, um, but she's been making waves out in Tacoma. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I was able to to honor her and just kind of you know uplift the work that she's been doing and show her like, yeah, you're doing it. Yeah. And she, she'd be shocked sometimes at some of the stuff that she even that she makes. And it's like, no, you're really you're really doing the art thing for real. And I'm so super proud of her and of course that finale with my mom you know was definitely very important to me because you know I wanted to in talking to her and highlighting her I wanted to highlight the fact that we all have creativity in us you know she works nine to five you know she does executive assisting and things of that nature big contracts for a city and you know government things like that but she's also a creative yeah. you know and I think the whole point of me um doing the show and doing the work that I do and being you know out in the world in the way that I am is to show people that you have creativity no matter where you are, you know, and to make sure that you're tapping into that and understanding that that is a part of you. So, you know, we can be better as a people.
0: Shout out Mama T-Dub in the audience. Yeah. (laughs) Hey mom. Real quick, so when you're doing murals, I'm curious to know what advice do you have to that upcoming artist that just got offered her first mural? And it's like, girl, do not take these pennies. Yeah. How should she
3: calculate that so she's not screwed over? That is a great question because it is is a big part of doing public art and doing art on commission um, is being able to set your price and live your life. You know, you have to think about, you know, your, your expenses to live, you know, you can't pay rent with exposure. You can't pay rent with, you know, I, uh, people's ideas, or of, free clothes or free clothes or merch and things like that. So you have to be able to, financially you have to be financially compensated for the actual work that you're doing and my mom again prime example she always taught us about intellectual property and that your ideas are yours and they are valuable to somebody and somebody will set a price if you don't you know so make sure that the one that you're setting is the highest um so think about it that way if you're if you if you have a contract or a a proposal in front of you and somebody wants a 100-foot mural well then you have to be like okay Well, how much is it gonna cost for me to do that? You know, how long is it gonna take? Is it gonna take a month? My rent is 2,500. Electricity is another two. Wi-Fi is another 150. So you tally that up. That doesn't even count the subscriptions. Subscriptions, all that, you know? (laughs) So that's, I think that's a great way to think about it. You know, whatever your monthly expenses are, if it's gonna take you a month to do it, put that on there first and foremost, you know, and then you get into sort of the commissions and and contingencies and other parts of it. Um, But you know, Find an example, too. I think it's definitely very important. Find somebody that's doing it, that that's doing it in the way that you want to do it and kind of, you know, follow their lead. Um, I definitely try to be um, as open and as... Um, inviting as I can, you know, given the position that I'm in now to make sure that anybody who is looking to come up in that world, you can always reach out to me. And that's, I think that's been the theme here at the Paramount. Everybody's like, listen, my number is 206. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like I'm, I'm always there. I'm always on Instagram. You can always DM me. Like I'm always um, down to talk to people and, and, and share my experiences um, so that we don't, we don't make those mistakes again and again, you know, because you see a lot of undervaluing happening nowadays, especially with the amount of public art that's taking place in the city. Like everybody wants a BLM mural. Everybody wants something from a black artist, but do they want that artist? You know? Or do they want to pay? Do they want to pay that for artist? Or what the artist is worth. Exactly. Or do they just want a discount? Yes, yes. No more discounts. What did uh, fat Joe say? Yesterday's, yesterday's price, price is, is to, not, not today's, today's price. price. Period. <laughs> so
0: real quick, I have two more questions before we get out of here. Number one, if someone is doing their first mural, what advice do you have for them to not mess it up?
3: Ooh, preparation is key. Preparation is key. So if you're doing a public mural, say you got a wall, somebody wants smart on it. Um, know what that wall is made out of. You know, is it brick? Is it stucco? Is it concrete? Is it uh, wood? You know, how long has it been up? Is it falling apart? You know, make sure you don't put no art on something that's not gonna be there for a long period of time. You know, so know your canvas first and foremost. Um, get get measurements, get dimensions, understand the setting, understand uh, the time of year. Like here in Seattle, we are out of mural season. So if you're doing a mural in October, November, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I'm actually doing that. So, <laughs> you know? so yes. The, don't follow my lead on that part. But, um, yeah, know the time of year, know your setting, um, know your surroundings. Obviously, there's a lot of you know stuff going on in the streets nowadays. You know, you can't can't do certain things at night, you know, uh, especially it's a little dangerous, days. you know. So um, have that have that set up, have that preparation um, beforehand and then um, say something with your art. You know, speak to the times, um, I think back to like the hieroglyphs, you know, they spoke to a time that was that was the first murals, you know what I mean? Um, you have to speak to what is going on in the world. don't don't just put some shit up just to be putting something up, you know, say something, you know, and make sure that your message and the message of the time is 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 um, able to, you know have that longevity. so
0: And then last question. When did T-Dub fully embrace who she was as a black woman and what it meant to
3: be in her power? Mm, That's a great question. When did T-Dub? I think I have to go with kind of what Marie said. It's an ongoing process. I, I, I think about myself now. I'm 35 years old. I've gotten to a place where I can pretty much um live off of my art which is which is a testament in itself um and shout out to my family and my partner for making sure that you know we keep we keep that dream alive um i do think it's an ongoing process i've been through a lot of different trials and tribulations and iterations of myself um getting to your 30s is definitely great because then you kind of um understand more about how you've existed in the world and who you want to be in the world and i think the pandemic played a huge part in that too um because actually i got sick at the beginning of 2020 and i had a lot of time to myself to um you know go inward and be like okay look at your life where have you been where are you now and where do you want to go you know so I think the past couple of years have definitely been a, a rocket ship of that, of that process. Um, but, you know, taking it day by day, taking it all in stride and um, making sure you're taking care of yourself, you know, first and foremost. Like you can't give if you're not receiving, you know. So um, I try to make sure that, you know, health is wealth and taking care of yourself is definitely the biggest part of it. So
0: now I know we're just about out of time, but. You have a sneaker dry cleaners yes. that is going to open very soon. Yes. And you're doing like a preview of it yes. at this
3: uh, Fresh Kick Sneaker Ball. Fresh, Fresh Kicks Market. Canada. Yes.
0: Look into that camera. Let everybody know what that is and where they can grab some tickets.
3: Absolutely. So T Dub is bringing in Seattle. Its very first dry cleaner for sneakers. This base is called the Resole 206. We will be located on 23rd and Union at the Midtown Square, opening beginning of 2023. And you will get your first premiere of the business and what we're all about at Fresh Kicks Market, which is next month, November 20th um, at Within Soto. So, shouts out to Fresh Kicks Market, shout out to Jazz, Black Sunfire Close, shout out to Humble Jay, myself, we're bringing this thing to the, to the city. Um, it's going to be amazing and the Resolve 206 will be in the building, so definitely check it out.
0: All right. Well, shoot, let everybody know where they can keep up with you on social media. And um, if they want to hire you to have some art getting done, probably indoors because it's a little rainy right about now. Yes.
3: <laughs> yes. You can always find me on Instagram at tw Um, You can hit my website, the Reso 206 for all sneaker related um, content and things of that nature. We are also on Instagram at the Reso 206 206 um, You can find the Vivid Matter Collective who is responsible for the BLM mural. We do a lot of collective work on public art in the city at vividmattercollective.com. Um, yeah i'll be everywhere converge media always you know we outside
0: Period. Even though it's raining, finally. Even show. though it's raining. <laughs> um, look, I think we have time for one more commercial break and then to end the show. Yes. No, maybe show. All right. We're going to go to one more commercial break. Then I'm going to wrap up the show. And uh, yeah, stay locked to Rewind with Visa at the Paramount.
4: Basically, fam, believe in giving. Like, we have to be willing to give more. And people seem to always think giving means money. But nah, bro, It's like you can give time. You can give understanding. You can give access. You can give a listening ear and an open heart. You can give and share your God-given gifts and talents, but you just got to give.
0: All righty, welcome back. Uh, basic Gordon here. We are wrapping up here at the Paramount Theater. Um, this was honestly my first time going live in something in the, just a place so grand, you guys. It's legendary here. But guess what? We get to come back and do it tomorrow. So tomorrow, Rewind the Besa, I am going to have both of the twins. Yes, Ronald and Rondell will be right here on the couch with me. We're also going to have Deontay Damper. Uh, shoot, who else is on the show tomorrow? Uh Thinking, thinking, thinking. I feel like I might have them. Mm, you know what? I am going to put it in the description below because at this very moment, I am blanking on who all is coming on tomorrow because I actually have a pretty full show. Oh, my buddy JC from the OVT Network is definitely also going to be on. And uh, we have some more people. So look, you guys, I'll be here tomorrow at 12 p.m. The Day with Trey will be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. And if you guys still want to come, definitely let us know so that way we can get your RSVP. In the meantime, between time, as I always say, thank you for watching. Shout out to our live audience. And of course, until next time,